Today's Inside the Chapel podcast is presented by Sports Spectrum, the intersection of sports and faith. Make sure you check out sportsspectrum.com right now and sign up for Sports Spectrum Weekly, our weekly email that comes right to your inbox for free to keep you updated on all of the content that Sports Spectrum is producing. Podcasts, articles, devotionals, all available for free at sportsspectrum.com. Hey, welcome to Inside the Chapel. I'm Hickey Soma, chaplain of the Houston Rockets, and I'm with my really good friend Reza Zadeh, who's chaplain for the Broncos. And we are in the middle of the Summer Olympics. And Reza, have you been watching? I have, I have, man. At the time of this recording, bro, it has been, it is on at our house all the time. And it's it's a fun, I love watching the Olympics. I did not have fun watching Iran get stomped by the U.S. basketball team, but I figured I figured that basketball team would would wake up at some point. I just wish it wasn't against my boys. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I remember this is going to be delayed. So yeah, at the time of recording right now, it is the Olympics. And Reza, you know my testimony that uh, God saved me through the game yep. of rugby. My rugby coach yeah. is a youth pastor, and so I just thought Jesus and rugby or Jesus and sports go together, and that's how I got involved in ministry. And so. I don't know if you saw it. I think you posted on your social media. Um, yeah. When Fiji won the gold medal in sevens rugby, I mean, it became a praise and worship time uh, that the cameras captured and, and people were witnessing and stuff. And so what did you think about that when you saw the video and when you saw what happened? Dude, my heart like leapt in my, I mean, it was, it was unreal. Cause you see, like, that's different than someone saying, Hey, I want to thank God for my Oscar. You know, like that was different. It was a deep, I mean, they were literally worshiping the team was together and they sang and it wasn't just hey thank you god it was we will overcome is it by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the lord we will overcome and i was like i don't even need to be in sports ministry anymore i'm just going to show that video at every chapel service (laughs) but there's some history there icky and you being a rugby person i'm sure that really struck you and there's some history with that pg team yeah as soon as the, the the whistle went off to end the game, rather than jumping up and cheering and going to the crowd and saying, look at us, they all fell to their knees. I don't know if you saw that part of it. They literally were on their knees praying and thanking God and crying. And Reza, you're right. I saw a documentary on the Fiji rugby team as they got ready for the Olympics in 2016, which they won the gold medal there as well. And that, that um, worship and that really having the presence of God isn't just something, again, when they win the gold medal, they're on the stand. I mean, it's a part of their team, a part of what they do. It's it's a fabric of all that they do. And I think it's perfect for the chapel message we're going to look at today. Yeah. Uh, we talk about God's presence. So, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. Tell us uh, who we're hearing from today, buddy. He's an NBA guy. Yeah, I was. thank you for that intro. Uh, yes, Jonathan Wynn. Uh, we went to the All-Star Game in Charlotte two years ago. All the NBA chaplains were there. We're staying in the same hotel. We're getting some training on being more effective and being chaplains. And I was there at the kind of introductory brunch. And there is this guy who comes up, introduces himself as a Detroit Pistons chaplain, Jonathan Wynn. Now get this. When you think of the Detroit Pistons, Reza, what do you think of? <laughs> Bro, I grew up in Southern California. You know this. I'm thinking the bad boys. The I'm bad thinking, boys, right? 
And so I, I'm expecting if you're the Detroit Pistons chaplain, that you're going to be a bad boy. Not not bad in the sense of, you know, mischievous <laughs> and, and wicked or anything like that. But Jonathan is one of the most godly, humble men I know. And that was what surprised me. So we're about to hear from a great man of God, Jonathan Wynn. He's a train director for Kingdom Concepts. They train in schools and churches. Uh, he's married. His wife is also an amazing woman of God. Um, and uh, having had several Pistons players in chapel, so we do, you know, when we have chapel in the NBA, we have both the home team and away team. I know he has made a, an amazing impact for the kingdom with the Detroit Pistons. So I'm so excited to introduce my friend, Jonathan Wynn, uh, chaplain for the Detroit Pistons. Please give this message a good listen. Hey, God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Uh, welcome to Detroit. Welcome to our Sunday chapel service here. And uh, we're just excited to have you here today. Uh, just really thank God for you. Uh, so come on in. Let's get ready to uh, center ourselves and have a great uh, time of sharing in the word of God. Uh, my name is Jonathan Wynn. I'm your chaplain here in Detroit, along with my, uh, my partner, uh, Cortland Pitt. And uh, so we're just excited to have you here and we're honored to serve you uh, today. So I'm going to pray for you and then we'll go right into our message. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to see this beautiful day today. Thank you, Lord, that you are an awesome and a mighty God and there's none like you in all the earth. So we're grateful to you for uh, who you are and what you've already done for us. So we pause to say thank you. And we honor you today. So be with us in our time of sharing. Pray that the words that I speak will bring honor and glory to your name and encouragement to the heart of your people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our uh, lesson today is coming from uh, the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 24 through 31. And I'm going to be talking to you about the imminent presence of God. And so I uh, just want to share this with you. It's the Apostle Paul uh, speaking uh, in a, a popular sermon. It's called uh, his sermon on Mars Hill. And so he was really uh, giving his perspective. And so I want to share this with you, beginning in verse 24. It says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine is being, is, is like, he's like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Verse 31, for he has set a day 
when he will judge the world with the justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Now in verse 17 and 27, he's saying that he is not far from any one of us. That means that God is nearer than we think. He is not removed. He is within reach. He does a step back from what he has made. Why? God wants ongoing relationship with his creation. He wants to love and be loved. And he's committed to this. So he stays near to all of us. You know, oftentimes we can feel like God is not there, you know, in times of unforeseen tragedy or in times of broken relationships and financial stress or hardships, uh, more money, more problems. We, you know what they say. Uh, but there are times when you're going through these different situations that it, it seems like God is not there. Uh, Paul was trying to convey that God is right there through our ups and downs. And that's what I love about him so much is that no matter if he finds us high or if our situation is low, God is right there going through it with us. How awesome is that? And, you know, it's picked up in Psalms 23 and verse 4 uh, of our very popular 23rd Psalms, where we often hear, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. And then Moses, he had a conversation with God about his own need for God's presence. Uh, in Exodus 33 and 14, uh God answered him, and he, he's. And that's important to know that God will answer our concerns. When you converse with God and share your concerns, he will answer. And he said to Moses, he said in the 14th verse, he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. How awesome is that, that God is going to be present with you, and He's going to his presence is going to relieve your stress. That's a sermon right there. We could pause right there. But I know that knowing that God is there, but we can't always feel him. Uh, maybe you're wondering, well, how can I practice the presence of God? And that, that's what I'm recommending, that we begin to practice the presence of God. Uh, that means you, you know that God is there, but how do I conduct myself in that reality? Well, there are two things I'm going to recommend for us. The first thing is that you seek God with your whole heart. That's how you can practice the presence of God is by seeking him with your whole heart. Uh, Jeremiah gave us a beautiful verse in 29 and 13. Uh, he says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That is so comforting for me to know that if I put the effort to seek God, that he's able to be located. He's able to be found. And so uh, my spiritual GPS is, is going to be accurate. In other words, God's positioning system is going to help me find him when I need him. All I have to do is seek him. But maybe you're thinking, well, how can I seek him with my whole heart? Well, the two things you need to do is, one, you need to open your mind to hear God's perspective on things. Uh, because many times we're bringing our own ideas, our own human thoughts, our own uh, things that we've been taught and 
traditions and, and myths and all of these kind of conclusions that we draw. But if you're going to seek him with your whole heart, it's going to require us to open up our mind to hear his perspective on things. And secondly, we have to resist the temptation to compartmentalize our inner life, that inner part of you, that secret part of you. You can't compartmentalize it. You can't say, well, God, I'm going to only allow you in this particular area of my heart. But when it comes to my relationships, I got that covered. Or when it comes to my finances, uh, that's all right. I'm good there. No, you can't compartmentalize your inner life, those thoughts uh, that, that we have. We have to, if you're going to seek him with your whole heart. And the second thing that we have to do is to develop a worshiper's lifestyle. Uh, I believe if, if we uh, seek God with our whole heart and develop a worshiper's lifestyle, it will help us to be able to practice the presence of God. You may say, what is a worshiper's lifestyle? I'm glad you asked. A worshiper's lifestyle is one, to commit to reading or hearing the word of God daily. That's what worshipers do. Uh, if you follow Daniel and his friends in the book of Daniel, uh, this was a practice that they had. They, they were committed to a daily prayer. Uh, you know, you have to have consistent times of prayer in your life and, and commit to times of quiet meditation, which is very important uh, because that's when you get a chance to hear God's voice. Uh, you don't want to find yourself involved in a one-way conversation where you do all the talking and the asking and the seeking and crying out to God, but you never quiet yourself and let him speak back to you. You never uh, look into his word where he's left in writing his love letter to you. And so it's very important that uh, if you're going to uh, practice the presence of God, that you seek him with your whole heart and develop a worshiper's lifestyle. Well, I'm going to leave you with this. I just want to remind you that God is capable and willing to come in and be a significant part of your life's journey. He's already present. He already cares. And he's just waiting on us to put him in the game. Amen. Let me pray with you. Lord God, I thank you for those that have tuned in to this word. And I just thank you for their life. God, I pray earnestly that you would touch them in every area of life, bless them spiritually, financially, socially, mend any broken relationships that they may have. God, give them your wisdom that they would know how to use the great information and knowledge and experience exposure that you are allowing for them to fulfill their God reason for living. I thank you and praise you for the NBA, for the Detroit Pistons organization, and all of those who play a part in a role, the great partners that make up this great community. So we're just honoring you in all that we do, all that we say. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to just uh, praise God for you, uh, bless you, and we will see you next time. Wow. I, I don't know about you, Reza, but that that message really spoke to me uh, because there are times that I'm like, man, am I alone in all this? Where is God in all this? And I hope our listeners are also feeling that way as well. Uh, Reza, what are your thoughts about the message? Yeah, I mean, the message, love Acts 17, love when Paul, you know, is speaking to those religious leaders on Mars Hill. And just there's so much incredible stuff packed into that message, what Paul said. But, man, I like Jonathan a lot. Um, I never met him, but, man, his voice, just him speaking, man, I kind of want to, I feel like I was sitting in a pew 
with a hymnal in my hand. I mean, just his spirit just it just permeates, you know, through his teaching. You can just tell that he's just dripping um, when he's preaching and just just dripping with the Holy Spirit. It was pretty awesome and and loved it. Um, you know, that idea of the imminent presence of God. What you what resonated with you, Icky? Yeah, you know, Reza, that's what sets Christianity apart is that most religions serve and worship a God He's either imminent, like he's near, he's like one of us, he's close, or a God that's transcendent. He's not like us, he's far, he's distant, he's all powerful. And I think that's what uh, Christianity is. Christianity is we serve a God who's both near, who the mm -hmm. spirit fills us, he lives in us. Yes, yes. But also God that's sovereign, who's omnipotent, who's the creator, who's a redeemer, and he's not like us. And so that's the first thing that stood out to me, that here's a God who doesn't need anybody, who's God all by himself, and yet yeah. because he loves us, he says, Reza, Icky, listener, I, I want to be with you. Jesus says, I'm yeah. with you even to the end of the age. His presence is with us. That's what really stood out to me in that first part. Yeah, it was huge, man. I mean, just the idea that, that you know, how Paul, Paul writes in Colossians, how, you know, he humbled himself and how Jesus humbled himself is is you know taking on the form of a slave or taking on the serve of a servant or taking on the, the clothes of a servant man i just thought that that is such a powerful powerful passage um but even just a great reality and here's what i love about it is the reality that that god this this amazing transcendent being chooses to be in relationship with us god wants to have relationship with his creation but Icky, there's this thing that gets in the way and it's our feelings. And I've, I've said it, I've heard it, I've counseled people through it, I've been counseled through it. But the reality of like, sometimes I just don't feel God. Like, I just don't feel like I'm doing this right. I don't feel God is close to me. I don't feel like I'm a good, quote unquote, good Christian. And I think one of the things that, you know, that, that's, that's good for us to just re be reminded of, Icky, is our feelings can't always be trusted. You know, I can... I'm an emotional person and uh, I can be up one day and down the other day and up one day and down. And that could just depend on how late I ate pizza the night before. Like it could just be dependent on all these outside factors. But if I let my life be dictated by my feelings, I'm going to have a pretty up and down life. And I wonder how many of us experience an up and down life because we put so much stock in our feelings and not as much stock into this is true. You know, you know, two plus two is four, even if I don't feel like it, you know, and so it's, man, it's good for us to be reminded of truth because our feelings will lie to us. For sure. And that's why Jesus says to the father in John 17, sanctify them mm -hmm. by the truth. He says, your word is truth. He didn't say sanctify them by their feelings, make them more like Jesus by their feelings. He said by the truth for sure. And that's why, you know what, uh, Reza, I loved his two points about seek him and developing a worshiper's lifestyle. I don't know. Um, what do you think about um, his points there? Yeah, dude, I think, I think, I mean, they're, they're, they're huge. Cause I think, you know, this whole idea of, you know, knowing that God wants to be with us, knowing that God is with us. And, you know, he brought up Psalm, Psalm 23, even though I walk through the mm -hmm. valley of the shadow of death, um, I'll fear no evil. And Nikki, I don't know this until I went to Jerusalem, until I went to Israel, there is actually a pathway outside the city of Jerusalem down in this little ravine called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. And that's where, you know, that's that's where the 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 idea from that psalm, the psalmist David, he wrote it that when you go through that ravine, there's a lot of robbers there. There was wild animals. And so 
the reality that we're going to be going through these valley of shadows of death that to be able to walk through to experience the presence of God, we've got to seek him with our, with our whole heart and, um, and obviously develop a worshiper's life. So there's some really, really good points. And I think one of the things that he identified that Jonathan identified is his presence will go with us and give us rest as God said to Moses. And uh, for me to seek him with, with my whole heart, man, sometimes it's not so much what I do. It's not how much am I reading my Bible or am I doing my prayers? But I think a lot of it also is my posture before God. Am I in a posture where I'm, where I'm kind of, you know, bowed down Is my heart bowed before God saying, God, this is what I want in life. And I'm going to trust that you know better than I do. How about you? What, what does it look like for you to seek him with your whole heart? Reza, I know I joke with you that you're my brother from another mother because we both <laughs> California and yep. children of immigrants and, and playing sports and all these other things. And yeah, when you were talking about seek him and it's not about just reading your Bible and other things, the thing that came to my mind was it's a heart posture. And when you said it's a posture and the posture of the heart, exactly, it's a heart posture. And that's why we can seek him when we're on the playing field. We can seek him when we're in the, in the locker room. We can seek him when we're in the boardroom. We can seek him when we're in the classroom. We can seek him driving to work on the commute. Yeah. So it's a heart posture of saying, Hey God, I'm, I'm seeking you first. You've got first place preeminence and everything. And you know what happens, uh, Reza, you know, this, when we have that heart posture and God in his grace, he allows us to find him and we see him everywhere and what he's doing. Yeah. Don't you agree? Oh, totally. Yeah, he, he absolutely does. And it's a, uh, and I think one of the things for us is realizing that he is there. I mean, he's in the board meeting with us. He's yeah. in, he's in the room when we're arguing with our spouses, you know, he's in the room when we're heartbroken, he's in the room when we're wrestling, you know, through whatever it is. And he's in the room when we're celebrating, we're just having a good day. Like he is with us. And uh, I think that's a huge thing. And just recognizing and having that posture that we yeah. seek him recognizing that he that he is with us. Icky, a second point was develop a worshiper's lifestyle. Man, I loved, I loved this, this idea of what it means to, to, to worship, you know, committing to read and hear the word of God daily. Um, anything kind of stand out to you on this idea of developing a, a, a worshiper, uh, a worshiper's lifestyle? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, we often think worship is what we do on Sunday mornings at church. And you know this, Reza, you can worship God wherever you are with whatever you're doing, as long as you're doing it for the glory of God. So you may be dropping <clears throat> jump shots left and right on the NBA or scoring mm -hmm. touchdowns or making tackles. Or you could be, you know, studying hard in the classroom or uh, leading a, a management team meeting. All those things can be part of being a worship uh, worshiper's lifestyle as we get in God's word and begin to hear from God and apply it. Yeah. And, and like we opened the show with this episode with the Fiji rugby team. Man, when I saw this documentary as I got ready for the 2016 Olympics, these guys live together. So there's community. <laughs> they work out together. They eat and fellowship together. They laugh together. They cry together. <clears throat> they celebrate together. But in this documentary, they showed every evening they would gather together and they'd have a worship service. And so they don't just see rugby as rugby and they don't just see working out as working out. They see all of this as a lifestyle of worship. And I think that's one thing that all of us can learn. Our listeners, our friends who are listening, and you and I is, man, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And that's what I saw really permeate in the Fiji rugby team. Yeah, that's huge. You know, one of the principles we teach uh, with some of our college athletes at the ultimate training camp 
um, when we bring athletes together and teach them how to compete from a biblical perspective is this idea of worshiping while you compete. And, you know, a lot of athletes, we go after the dub, like you go after the W, you want the win. Um, but one of the realities is that that that's a lowercase W. It's a good W to go after, but go after the big W, the capital W, worship. And um, so we encourage our athletes go after the, the, the dub dub, not just one of them, but just both of them, you know, go after the worship and the win. And uh, so, but make sure you go after the worship first and you're right, man, that Fiji rugby team, boy, they definitely have a worshiper worshipers lifestyle. That, that is huge. That's a great reality for a lot of us to understand that it comes in community. Like you said, it comes in working together and doing things together, but it comes in reading, worshiping, singing, um, together as well. So that was, that was huge, bud. Yeah. Reza, uh, man, I, I've really enjoyed, uh, doing this inside the chapel podcast with you. Uh, man, it seems like every time we do an episode, I'm like, it can't get any better than this. And it just keeps getting better and better and better. Uh, the speakers that God is using to just bless us. Uh, so I want to thank, I guess we can thank collectively all the people who are listening to this and sharing yeah. it subscribing to it and please encourage you to do that and until our next episode uh again thank you for joining us today on this uh episode of inside the chapel until our next episode we'll talk to you then